Hey, it's Libby with The Full Cup. I am coming at you from my backyard today to give you a little intro to today's episode. I know we talked about Corona with Rachel already, but I think that she has some great tools and my dad has some great tools and they both have great advice to offer and they both come from different perspectives and backgrounds and I think different people like different advice. So we're going to hear my dad's take on it today. And also, if you are new to The Full Cup, we recommend that you listen to these episodes in order, uh, especially Craig's episodes, because through each thing he talks about, he kind of builds on what he has already taught. And sometimes people who have listened to them all still kind of forget, oh, what did this mean? Or what did that mean? And they'll send me a message and I'll kind of explain it to them. But it just is the most helpful if you listen in order. Also, if you haven't and have a chance to, please rate and review us on iTunes. All right, enjoy today's topic of Corona with Craig. Okay, we'll just take it away. Tell me whatever you want to say. What I'm going to be addressing today is uh, dealing with anxiety. Uh, right now, because of the coronavirus, the level of anxiety in our society has skyrocketed. Uh, we have people uh, worried that they're going to die, or that their children are going to die, or their parents are going to die. Um, then we had the addition where we had an earthquake here in Salt Lake, and then we had another earthquake. And uh, even you, Libby, my own daughter, came up to the house to get something. When the house started shaking, you ran out of the house. I can't stay here. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my little princess has some anxiety. <laughs> so I thought it might be appropriate that we talk about anxiety as it's the rage. It's, it's been around for years. Most people, we now recognize it. But I'm going to present it a little bit from a different perspective um, as I see anxiety. But you've already heard me talk about the DTs, how we protect ourselves. And I believe that all your DTs are also anxiety and depression. Now, that might sound a little bit strange, but I, I think I may have addressed this. But I, I talked with somebody just a few days ago, actually several people, because my office has been filled recently with people who, who have anxiety that is keeping them awake at night, they can't sleep, uh, they're nervous, they're worried about death, they're worried about injury from earthquakes, coronavirus, and it's really been causing a tremendous amount of grief and a tremendous amount of anxiety for people. So I'm going to go back and explain a couple of things that we may have talked about before. Um, some time ago, we talked about defensive templates these are what Freud called defense mechanisms. And I think I mentioned last time that 90% of the way that we learn to protect ourselves are the animal that's in all of us dealing with this earthly experience, whether it be disease or earthquakes or the death of somebody. We feel tremendous anxiety. And how we learn to deal with anxiety we start learning when we're very young, when we're infants, as, as little children. Uh, and it's the, the part of us, the carnal, temporal, or animalistic part of us that really uses those DTs they learned early on in their life. So let me, let me start here for a moment. If we're watching a squirrel run across the field, 
And out of the sky comes a hawk, and it swoops down. The squirrel is frightened to death, and so its anxiety skyrockets. Now let me back up. Freud taught us this. Most of the psychologists have, teach, have taught us this for hundreds of years, and that is that the number one motivator of all emotion is fear. Mm-hmm. That squirrel running across the field now is filled with fear. And so when we have fear, what happens is we get anxious, like the squirrel, and we also cry and get depressed. So this squirrel may squeal that the hawk has it. It might even fight back and try to bite the hawk. It might try to run into a little hole, run and hide. So all of the things that Freud talked about are in fact, we as human beings trying to protect ourselves using the best DTs we've ever experienced. Anxiety, depression, flight, run away, hide. He made me do this, sometimes called projection. Denial, I didn't do it. Freud talked about these. This is what all of us come up with in our attempts to protect ourselves. So anxiety is a very natural state of protecting ourselves. And it comes generally from fear. When a baby is fearful, the baby cries. So all of us, just like animals, when we feel anxiety, it's born out of generally fear. Depression is just another form of fear. And so how we try to take care of it, in today's world, we medicate it. We take a pill. I remember when I was depressed and sad when I was 12 and 13, I found that if I drank beer, I didn't have the fear. It medicated me. A lot of people find that alcohol eases the pain, eases the anxiety. We take all kinds of antidepressants. We take anti-anxiety medication. And we do all of these kinds of things in an attempt to protect ourselves. But as I mentioned before, the best defensive templates, the best ways we have to protect ourselves, are using those defensive templates that the theologians have told us for 4,000 years. An example is this. Let's go to the story. Did I tell the story when I was 20 in the bar in Ogden and those guys decided to kick my butt? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you did. And how did I protect myself? My traditional... Yeah, your mouth. The animal fought back. But had I gone to forgiveness, love, agency, gratitude... Do you think those things had a better chance of saving me? Yeah. It is my belief that those without question are the best ways to protect ourselves using what the theologians have told us for 4,000 years. And instead of using the red part of us to guard us, I have found personally as I've aged that going to the white part becomes so much more powerful. It's been my experience of doing this in 43 years that anxiety and depression can be the oftentimes best 
motivators to help us to grow in and, and great gain strength and wisdom. Uh, the example that I'm going to give you, I'm actually going to have you do this with me today, Libby. Okay. What I'm going to have you do is I'm going to take you through a little process of dealing with anxiety. And I'd like you for just a moment, uh, I would like you to imagine that you're suffering with anxiety. Have you ever had anxiety in your life? Yeah. So let's pretend now that in the chair in front of you is your anxiety. And I'd like you to say, say to your anxiety, I'm learning to become personally empowered. I'm learning to become personally empowered. And I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore, anxiety. And I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore, anxiety. Okay, now I'd like you to move over into the chair. And now you're going to be anxiety. We're going to call it, uh, what's the word? We'll call it Annie Anxious, okay? Annie Anxious. You are now Annie Anxious, the anxiety that has lived inside of Libby for years, okay? Annie Anxious, did you hear what you just said? Yes, I did. And Annie Anxious, do you think Libby can no longer be affected by you, or don't you think you can still mess with her? Oh, I can mess with her, for sure. Perfect. I'd like you to tell her, Libby, I've messed with you for years. I can still mess with you. I've messed with you for years. I can still mess with you. As a matter of fact, Libby. As a matter of fact, Libby. I'm part of your brain. I am part of you and your brain. I see lots of things where your brain is affected in ang- with anxiety. I see lots of things where your brain is affected with anxiety. I know you have some issues with your mother that might still cause you anxiety. I know you have some issues with your mother that might still cause you anxiety. I have you worry about your children. I have you worry about your children. I have economics worry you. Uh, economics worry you. I have religions that can create anxiety inside of you. I have the religions that can cause anxiety inside of you. Coronas is really causing you stress. Coronasaurus is really causing you stress. Coronavirus. I know. I liked calling it Coronasaurus. (laughs) Coronasaurus is like, can really mess with you, Libby. Go ahead. Yeah, it does definitely mess with me. Yes. Earthquakes made you run out of the house. Earthquakes made you run out of the house. So I can see that I can still mess with you. So I can see that I can still mess with you. You can't take me on. You can't take me on. I can still create anxiety in you. I can still create anxiety in you. That I've created for years. That I've created for years. So now, Libby, I'd like you to tell your, you're now Libby again. I'd like you to say, you've just given me a clue, Annie Anxious. You've just given me a clue, Annie Anxious. You told me that incident when I was 15 might still be inside of me. You told me that incident of when I was 15 might still be inside of me. So I'm going to go there first. So I'm going to go there. So I'd like you to go back to when you were 15, when those kids were mean, and I'd like you to put them in the chair, and I'd like you to say, uh, kids, I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore. Kids, I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore. I'd like you to move over and be the kids. Kids, can you still mess with Libby? What did they say? Yeah, they still can. Yeah. So now let me ask you this, Libby. Who gives those kids the ability to mess with you? I do. Did you know how to do that at 15? Do what? When you were 15, I'm not going to let that bother you, or did it bother you? Oh, well, 
I mean, I had you as my dad, so I really can't think of a time when I was 15 that's still bothering me, but... Uh, Wonderful, but we're going to go there for just a moment. You're starting to understand. Did you hear what the 15-year-old girl did to protect herself? She felt angst, anxiousness, anxiety. She ran away. She was scared. She was hurt. You were hurting. And that goes into the brain and starts stack up stacking up anchors of anxiety. So now she's 40 years of age and the greatest thing that's threatening, causing her grief is these horrible stacked neurological pathways of events in her life that she protected herself like the squirrel running into the hole, fighting, screaming, whatever. And so she's developed these incredible things to protect her. She'll run away. She'll fight. She'll pontificate. She might hit him. She might take medication. She might do all kinds of things. But what I'm suggesting is we go back step by step, and every one of those deer that went down the deer trail of anxiety, we're going to talk to it. So I'd like to talk to you again now, Libby. I'd like you to say once again to those girls, you did hurt me. You did hurt me. But girls, I'm not going to let you hurt me ever again. But girls, I'm not going to let you hurt me ever again. And now I'd like you to be the girls. Girls, could you still mess with Libby based upon what she said? Yes, we could still mess with her. Okay. Who gives you girls, who gives you girls the ability to mess with Libby? She does. That's right. Now I'd like you to be Libby. Libby, who gives you the ability that those kids can mess with you? Who gives them that power to mess with you? I do. That's right. You're 15. 15 year olds aren't really good at this. Do you think at 15, a little girl could learn to say the greatest DT? isn't the the animal part. It's the spiritual thing. One of them's called agency. So I'd like you to try that on, Libby. I'd like you to say now to those girls at 15, I'm not going to let you define me. I'm not going to let you define me. I'm not going to let you control what I feel and think. Yeah, I'm not going to let you control what I feel and think. I'm learning to think emotionally independent. I'm learning to think emotionally independent. Okay, be the girls again. Girls, did you hear what she said? Yeah. Can you still mess with her? Yeah, sorry. It's important to remember here that we're just using the girls as a part of my subconscious. I would never have to actually have this conversation with the girls. This is just me and myself and how I perceive these girls, correct? You're absolutely right, and you answered it by describing it, that who, in fact, are we talking to? Your experience of your life in your head. But a 15-year-old didn't have any power, and today at 40, she's learning to become empowered, and she's going to empower that 15-year-old little girl as she takes on those girls at 15 and says, I'm no longer going to let them mess with me. But they just said again, they can still mess with you, Libby. So I'd like you to back up and say, I'm going to use something else. I'm going to use something else. One, I'm going to use agency. One, I'm going to use agency. But two, I have a belief system in a supreme being. And I have a belief system in a supreme being. Who loves me no matter what. Who loves me no matter what. And has taught me about agency. And has taught me about agency. I'll ask you this question, Libby. You have a belief system in a supreme being that loves you no matter what, and hopefully you're not packing any guilt or pain with that because how many people become captive to that? Some people, we have to put him in the chair and get free from that. 
But if Jesus Christ were sitting in the room with you now, would he assist you in getting free from those girls? Yes. I'd like you now to have Christ rest his left hand on your right shoulder, standing behind you. And I'd like you now to tell the girls again, I'm not going to let you girls mess with me. I'm not going to let you girls mess with me. And my Savior is going to help me. And my Savior is going to help me. Would he help you? Yes. Now be the girls. Girls? Yeah. You see who's standing behind her? Mm-hmm. She's 15. Can a 15-year-old girl really learn this kind of emotional independence? Yeah. And can a 40-year-old learn this also? Yeah. So I'd like you to tell them again. Girls, I'm done with you. Girls, I'm done with you. I'm going to use the DTs. I'm going to use the DTs or defensive templates. Of agency. Of agency and love. Love of myself. Love of myself. The knowledge that God loves me. The knowledge that God loves me. Even in the duality that I have. Even in the duality that I have. Because I have a duality, I still do stupid things once in a while, but he still loves me. Um, because he loves I me. have the duality, I still do stupid things, but he still loves me. And he also gave me the gift of agency. And he also gave me the gift of agency. And loves me. And loves me. And I love me now. And I love me. So let me ask you, Libby, do you think those 15-year-old girls today could still make you feel anxious? If they ran into them at the grocery store, no. they said, you wouldn't let them mess with you, would you? No. Now we're going to come back to anxiety, and I'd like you to say, did you see that Anna angst? Did you see that Annie angst? Now I'm going to resolve you, Annie angst. Now I'm going to resolve you, Annie angst. I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore. I'm not going to let you mess with me anymore. And now, Annie Anx, I'd like you to be Annie Anx again, Libby. And I'd like you to say, oh, no, I can still mess with you, Libby. Oh, I can still mess with you. Give me one thing that might cause you some anxiety, Libby. Um, coronavirus. Okay. I'd like you to tell Annie Anx, if I can get free from those girls. If I can get free from those girls. No matter what they do. No matter what they do. I can get free from coronavirus. I can get free from coronavirus. So I'd like you to tell Annie Angst, I'm going to get free from you. I'm going to get free from you, Annie Angst. Even coronavirus. Even coronavirus. Okay, I'm going to ask Annie Angst. Annie Angst, don't you think you can really cause anxiety for coronavirus? Make her crazy? She's scared to death. Can't that just corrupt her mess with her head? Yeah, because I think getting your feelings hurt is a lot different than having people die around you that you love. Exactly. So now we're going to go to several people. We're going to talk about Viktor Frankl. Remember we talked about Viktor Frankl who taught us logotherapy where he said they, they killed my wife, they killed my mother, they tortured me, they amputated my feet because the frostbite turned to gangrene, so they had to remove half of one foot, four toes on the other. That was three and a half years where he finally said, the world can do to me what it wants to physically, but I will not let it control my life anymore, what I think and what I feel. Now, you probably know this, Libby. I did child protection for years. I've seen some of the most heinous attacks. One woman in particular that she's told me that she had been kidnapped, beaten, 
and left in a cellar for four days where he would come back, abuse her, beat her, broke her arms, ribs, everything. 20 years later, when I met her, and we talked about talking to the guy that did this to her who's in prison, just bringing it up, she started to shake in her office, couldn't deal with it. I asked her about her belief of the soul, the soul made up of a body and a spirit. So everybody has a red and a white. You've heard that before. Yeah. So I said, do you have a belief system? She said, well, not really, because remember we talked about how our belief system often comes from our earliest authoritative figure? Yes. Okay. Her father had really condemned her, said this wouldn't have happened had you not done what you did to get yourself in that situation. And so she felt God felt the same way about her because she'd done something and it's her fault and God's mad at her until she finally figured out, wait, God loves me no matter what. Even in my duality, we talked about all of us do stupid stuff because we have the body and the spirit struggle. And she finally came to that and finally decided that maybe God really does love me. So with God sitting behind her, now she could put him in the chair. When we first did it again, she shook, said, I can't do it. But by the third session, dealing with him, she said, you can do what you will to me physically. You can take my life. You could kill me. But I will not let you control what I think and what I feel. Viktor Frankl said this, the world can do what it will to you physically, but when you understand we live in this, he called it the, the external versus the internal, I'm calling it the spirit and the body. When you live in the white, you can overcome everything because you will live again and you'll be okay, and you'll get wisdom from it. And that's what she told the guy. I've learned so much. And she now teaches people about her experience and how victims can be personally empowered over the most heinous things that could ever happen when you finally split red and white and say, do what you will to my red, but I won't let you control my white. Now, that's excruciating when you think, what if my children are taken from me? Or what if I'm taken from my children? The idea here is, once again, who's going to rule your life, your red or your white? When we're in the red, we all fall, all fall prey to the red. But when we move into the white, the spirit, we understand, wow, I can really believe that. But to do that, you have to create stacked anchors of belief so deep and so high that you believe white will withstand me. Some people refer to that as faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What? That's one of the first principles is faith? Well, the neuroscience, we would call it from a neuroplasticity perspective, faith or stacked anchors of belief. So you create a belief, and now what I'm going to have you do, I'd like you to have a Savior stand next to you. Do you believe in a Savior or a Christ, a Father in Heaven? Yeah. Like that? Very strong for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have him stand, and now I'd like you to take on coronavirus, and I'd like you to say, I hope you don't take my life. I hope you don't take my life. You might make me sick. You might make me sick. You might separate my body from my spirit. You might separate my body from my spirit. But coronavirus, I'm not going to let you decide what I think and feel. But coronavirus, I'm not going to let you decide what I think and feel. 
do what you will to me physically. Do what you will to me physically. But I will remain at peace. But I will remain at peace. And I've got my big brother standing next to me. And I've got my big brother standing next to me. All right, this is a big one. Now I'd like you to be coronavirus. Hey, Corona, how you doing? How you been, Corona? You've been wiping out hundreds of thousands of people. Is that correct? You've been doing that? Yep. Coronavirus, don't you think you can take on Libby, kick her butt, make her miserable, make her shake at night, squiver, just run and hide and just be miserable like she would as the animal, running to like the rat or the, the squirrel running to the hole in the grass, uh, trying to bite, trying to fight? Can she get free from you or do you think you can still make her crazy? Um, I think I think it'll be a lot of work to get free from her, <laughs> for her to get free from Corona. Well, I'm going to say something to Corona that a lot of the patients that I've been seeing are actually stepping up saying it's the Corona vices that's teaching me how to become more independent, more empowered than I've ever been before to overcome anxiety, Corona. So you are making my life so miserable and I want to get drunk or run and hide, but I'm learning maybe I'm growing from this. And you'd be amazed at the number of patients that I've yeah. seen in the last couple of weeks who, when I first met them, were in absolute horror and fear. And now they're telling me remarkable things, telling me, giving me lists of what they learned from this. It has definitely been the ultimate tool to force people into making changes and growing because a lot of times we have so many distractions like our phones or the TV or whatever that we can just push down whatever we're feeling and get distracted with something else. But this is kind of taking over everything. So our distractions aren't working as well. So we actually have to really deal with the work and, and uh, put the work in to be able to say, yeah, I'm not going to let it mess with me and I'm going to be okay. And we do the best we can with the red part of us, but which should be the captain, the red or the white? The white. The white is your belief, your faith. So I'd like you to say it again. Corona, kick my butt. Corona, kick my butt. I'm growing. I'm growing. I'd like you to look it right in the eye and now say, you could take my life. I'm looking in the eye. It kind of looks like the eye of Morador. And I'm saying, you can take my life. Oh, you can. I don't want to say that. Life. <laughs> you can I don't want to say that. <laughs> but he could do all of these things, and I will deal with that, and I'll rise above that in the white. You're right. I will when I need to. <laughs> well, what you're pointing out, big time. That's hard to say out loud. But you're understanding why. So many people are so wrecked over this coronavirus stuff. It's bringing horrible pain. But look at the growth that's coming. A woman that I saw a couple, or a couple of months ago, when this first was blowing up, she was falling apart. I don't know what to do. She has children. She's afraid her three children are going to die. Uh, she's afraid that her husband's going to die. Her parents are going to die. She's just really upset. She came in. The last visit, I said, so what have you learned? She wrote, 27 different things that she's learned from coronavirus. One of the things that really was wonderful, she said, my children aren't at school, they're with me. And when I talk to them, I'm talking to them eyeball to eyeball. And I have seldom done that. She said, 
we're getting along better than I ever have. She said, my husband and I are getting along. I get along with my parents much more. They matter so much more to me in my life now that I don't get to be with them. And she gave me 27 different things. I just handed it back to her. I said, you need to write a book. you got 27 chapters here of what you've learned. And I said, do you need to come back and see me? And she said, probably not, but I'm going to. I said, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not throwing you out. But here she's taking these six, seven weeks of horror that brought her in to see me. Now she's turning to wisdom. So let's imagine today that now you've taken on coronavirus, which is a big one, and I'd like you to tell it. Go ahead, tell it. I may not be there with you completely, coronavirus. Go ahead, tell it that. I may not be there completely with you, coronavirus. But I'm getting there. But I'm getting there. Physically. Physically. And spiritually. And spiritually. Now I'd like you to turn to Annie Anks and say, do you see where I'm coming? Annie, do you see where I'm coming? I'm coming after you now. Oh, I'm coming after you. Okay. <laughs> In the beginning of this today, Annie. In the beginning of this today, Annie. You told me several little clues. You told me several little clues. That are in my brain. That are in my brain. You told me five different things that you can still wreak havoc with anxiety. You told me five different things you can still wreak havoc with anxiety. And I'm learning one by one. And I'm learning one by one. To get free from the girls. To get free from the girls. To resolve the stuff with economics. To resolve the stuff with economics. To resolve the stuff with coronavirus. To resolve the stuff with coronavirus. Using the white DTs. Using the white DTs. And if I can do it with all of them. And if I can do it with all of them, I can do it with you. And I'd like you to say, let's imagine, now that I've taken care of those five other areas. Now that I've taken care of those five other areas. With agency and love, I'm now going to say goodbye to you, Annie. I'm now going to say goodbye to you, Annie. I'm not going to let you wreak havoc in my life anymore. I'm not going to let you wreak havoc in my life anymore. And Annie will sit back. I'd like you to be Annie now for a minute. And I'd like you to say to Libby, okay, I see that you've dealt with these pieces of anxiety. Okay, I see that you've dealt with these pieces of anxiety. And has seemed to resolve them all. And have seemed to resolve them all. And I'll leave now. And I'll leave now. But before I leave, you need to think. You need to thank me. Libby, why would you now thank Annie? Um, because she helped because she helped me learn and grow and turn my shit to wisdom. In all of those five pieces of anxiety, this little one, this one, this one last week at school, this one at 15, this one with the kids, this at the lady at the grocery store, wherever you're doing it, you're becoming more empowered, becoming an agent. I'm not going to let them mess with you. And when you've sent so many deer down the trail of agency and love, the greatest DT anxiety that has been with you since you were a little girl, you may find instead of using Annie to protect yourself, I'm now going to use this other, these other DTs of agency, love, uh, gratitude, uh, prayer, uh, thankfulness, all of these other things that the other stuff does. And how did you get there? Through the hell Annie put you through my anxiety. I like to look at yeah. your anxiety and say, darn you, thank you. 
Darn you. Thank you. I would like to get rid of you. I would like to get rid of you. But I've decided now I'm not going to get rid of you. I'm just going to put you on the shelf. But I've decided I'm not going to get rid of you. I'm just going to put you on the shelf. And when you come back into my life. And when you come back into my life. It will just remind me. It'll just remind me. That I've slipped back into the old anxious DT. That I've slipped back into the old anxious DT. And I have to crank up the white DTs. And I have to crank up the white DTs. Agency, love. Agency, love, forgiveness, service, charity, gratitude. And those things, you've turned me to that, Annie. And you've turned me to that, Annie. Most of the people come to see me, they're taking heavy-duty medication. They're doing all kinds of things. But when they finally create a deeper neural pathway to protect themselves, instead of using the ones that they started using when they were 2, 3, 5, 10, 15, 30, anxious, 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 you got to protect me. I'll run into a hole. I'll run and hide. I'll take medication. I, gotta, I need some help. With it. I've got somebody to do this. But when I start taking personal empowerment, becoming independent in the sphere in which you've been placed, in learning to steer their own lives, to be to, to gain that emotional independence. When we learn that kind of thing, we may find, I don't need this anxiety anymore. It's not to beat anything up. It's to turn it to wisdom. And what you just said to Annie a minute ago, did you actually say thank you? Yeah. Because it's that hell that is forcing you to become more personally empowered through the gifts of agency and love and all of the other things. Do you think that um, for people, do you think it's, I don't know how to phrase this question. Let me think. Okay. So do you think that people who have severe anxiety, it's a great benefit for them to work through all of their triggers from their history, you know, instead of just like saying, I'm going to change this. Is it critical in the process to identify each lens or experience you've had and put it in the chair and work through it? Yeah, uh, Is my, that necessary? Yeah. My response is this. A lot of people can try and take right on anxiety. I'm not going to let you affect me anymore. Well, I haven't found people who, sit, who who are struggling severely with anxiety neuroses, okay, that are really upset about the, the anxiety that they felt in their lives. So they, I don't think they can just take one big bite and say, you're done. So, but what we do is the same thing we've talked about everything. We take a little, a little bite at a time. We go into the history and find, okay, remember when you were in Cub Scouts and the kids did this and that offended you. Let's go find the little kid at nine years of age who got teased when he was nine. You're 45 today. Let's go find it. And they let, well, that's crazy. I don't need to do that. I said, but if we do it step by step by step by step, piece by piece by piece, do we have to go through all of them? Not necessarily. It's been my experience. Once people start learning, I rescued the nine-year-old. I rescued the abuse from my father. I got free from those girlfriends who did this to me. I learned to get free and get more fully emancipated from mom and dad in my emancipatory process. And I've done it here and I've done it here. And, and once that becomes the deer trail of agency and love, 
it starts building this new neural pathway, this deer trail that I call of agency, of independence. And to me, that's the greatest gift we have been given next to our life. And the greatest commandment, love God, love your neighbors, and love yourself. Once you get free from those girls, you can love them again. Once you get free from the jerky stuff your husband does, you can love him more than ever. Once you get free from your parents and the dumb things they do, you can love them more than ever. Once you get free from your own goofy stuff, you can love you more than ever. And you can, how do you get free from it? By turning it to wisdom. And what brings you to that is the anxiety. So instead of get rid of the anxiety, let's kill it, I do just the opposite. I say, well, tell me about your anxiety. Okay, now let's take a few weeks and turn all this horrible anxiety and all this stuff into incredible wisdom so you can grow from it and learn amazing things from this. Look how much more empowered you are. Okay, cool. I like it, Don. Thanks. Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening today to The Full Cup. Please stay safe, stay home. Hopefully soon we're not having to stay home so much anymore. We'll see. And if you have any questions... Feel free. Oh, actually, I did have a question. Do you want to answer a question right now, Dad? Well, I'll try. I don't know if I got the answer, but I always got a line of BS. So, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I just listened to the gratitude podcast about loving everyone, even those that don't love you back. But really, what if they really, really don't love you back and have made it known to you? I've been loving this person for 17 years, but just recently have decided to have nothing to do with them because they made it known they want nothing to do with me. I don't want to continue to love them, and I don't think they deserve it. This person is in the family, though, so I'm bound to see them. I guess I just don't understand the part of the podcast. Um, so that's yeah, basically uh, it. I have to go on and say thank you for the podcast. That's the biggest problem everybody makes of me. We think about, well, he's a jerk. Why am I going to love him? Is loving him good for him or am I healthier when I'm loving somebody? Yeah, it's good for you. So, but to do that, what's the greatest gift you have to put in place before you love? Agency. If I'm not going to let this twit mess with me, now I can love him. But what we do, because we're all raised dependently, that if I love them, why can't they love me back? That's dependency. I'm loving them, so they should be able to love me. There are a lot of people in the world who will be complete jerks, narcissistic, mean, awful, horrible people who may not ever love you. You don't have to love them. And if you try to love them, and you're okay to love them, but if you try to love them and hope and pray that they will come to learn, that's dependency. Then I would hope that they would love me back. Well, they don't, so to hell with them. Well, then don't. But a safer way is just to say, I'm not going to let your stuff mess with me, and I'm going to love you. You've heard me talk about this. Now, you know I very much love my mom. I didn't because I didn't feel like she loved me. When I was a little boy and I got my new mom, I tried really, really hard to love her. I love you. I love you. I would pray, Father, help me. Help me to love her. Help her to love me. I don't know why she hates me. I love her. I love her. I love her. And finally, I got sick and tired of it because she didn't seem like she loved me very much. And she would tell me very much she didn't. <laughs> and so I just said, well, the hell with you. I don't have to love you ever again. Well, not loving seemed to be a form of protection. 
what a stupid way to protect myself. But it worked for a while until I realized, wait, I'm not going to let my mom's stuff mess with me anymore. And then I started to realize, my mom is kind of screwy. Oh. Well, I don't let her mess with me. And she seems to really love my kids. So she loves her grandkids. Oh, what the heck? I'm not going to let her stuff mess with me anymore. I'm going to love her. Yeah, okay. I love her. <laughs> Sometimes I'd still just shake my head and say, oh, no, I'm still going to love her. Well, who felt better, me or her, when I started loving her? You did. But in turn, I'm sure she started to feel that you were maybe acting differently towards her. And I'm sure it was helpful overall in the relationship in the end. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if she reciprocates or not. because exactly. And please, I, some people will reciprocate and be angry that you love them because they're not going to, and they're mad that you're trying to get them to love you. So they increase their anger and resentment because you're just trying to get me to love you. I'm not, and their way of protection is not loving is what they learned with their parents or their childhood or whatever. I won't love my parents and that holds them by their, I got them by the nuts now, you know, and I'll hold them by not loving them. It becomes, a, not loving somebody becomes a wonderful DT for a lot of people, okay? They don't have to do it. Do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I also think that, I mean, in my life, when I've had conflict with someone, and you're holding on to it, you're carrying a lot of um, bad chi in your joints, <laughs> in your body, it weighs you down. It, it ultimately, like I, I really am a believer that those things can cause health problems in you if you have yes. lots of animosity and hate towards people. So it's, it's always better to be loving. It is. And and what, what you just said, to, to love, but, but again, if you love them and you still have, I love them, well, then I have to serve them. I have to do everything for, whoa, 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 whoa. It's separating love and control. I'm still going to love you doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to get caught up in your stuff or, or try to fix you. How many people love their fathers? I love my mom. I love my mom. I'll do everything for my mom. I'll do everything for my mom. And the mother never reciprocates because the mother she reciprocates feels like, oh, I've lost my power. So the child, I love, 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 spend their whole life loving the parent or the husband or the spouse and never gets anything back. But what kills them is they still have the expectation, I've loved them so hard, when are they going to find me? If I just love them, if I just love them, if I just... And that, who in fact has to fix them? We do? or Yeah, they have to fix themselves. It's called agency. And so our greatest joy comes in loving people. And if you can get free from them, you truly can love them. Okay, thanks, Dad. I think we've got a lot of good content, so I'll get it out there. What? What do you think? Oh, yeah, your goatee looks good. <laughs> I got a couple pictures of it. It's looking good. It's getting thicker. It's only a couple of weeks. Mom absolutely hates it. She drives away. You're never kissing me again. She hates it. I've never, in 70 years, have you ever seen your dad with face hair like this? I've never seen you with any facial hair. I didn't know it grew on your face. I'm 70 years of age and I'm letting it go a little bit. Yeah. We'll give it another couple of weeks and then probably shave it off. All right. Awesome.